The House prepares to prosecute a controversial president a second time and present the article of impeachment against former President Trump to the Senate. With the U.S. still leading the world in COVID deaths, a presidential prediction for the summer. Well on our way to heading toward herd immunity. And serious winter in the nation's heartland. It's pretty messy right now. Slick, real slick, icy. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Tom Foti in Washington. The preliminary to a second impeachment trial for a now former president. The paperwork from the House, which impeached Donald Trump a second time after the January 6th riot, right now being taken to the other side of the building. The presentation of the impeachment article to the Senate triggers pre-trial proceedings. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Tomorrow, senators will be sworn in as judges and jurors in the impending trial. And the Senate will issue its summons to former President Trump. The trial is expected to begin February 9th with arguments, but some Republicans argue the Senate can't convict a president after he's left office. Steve Dorsey, CBS News, Washington. This time, the presiding officer will not be the Chief Justice John Roberts, but senior Senate Democrat Pat Leahy. I've uh, presided over hundreds of hours in my term in the Senate. I don't think anybody has ever suggested as anything but impartial. With concerns about the new COVID strains turning up around the world, making their way here, President Biden hopes to exceed his projection of a million vaccine shots a day. I'm quite confident that we will be in a position within the next three weeks or so to be vaccinating people at the range of, uh, uh, of, of a million a day or in, in excess of that. Mr. Biden also hoping for so-called herd immunity by this summer. California has lifted its regional stay-at-home orders in favor of county-by-county -county restrictions. About 200 of the thousands of National Guard troops in Washington for security following the Capitol riot have tested positive Army. General David Hokanson is chief of the National Guard Bureau. It's well less than 1%, but we take every case seriously. Another Biden policy change, repeal of the Trump ban on transgender people. Mr. Biden at the White House signed the executive order directing his newly confirmed Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to implement the change back to the 2016 policy, which first allowed transgender troops to serve openly. CBS's Bo Erickson. The Senate has confirmed former Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen as Treasury Secretary, and the Senate Foreign Relations Committee has just approved the nomination of Anthony Blinken as Secretary of State clearing that for a full vote later this week. Wall Street mixed, now this. And good afternoon to you. Welcome into Portland's Afternoon News on FM News 101 KXL. I'm Tim Lance, and starting the news out today, several people have been hurt after a small SUV hit them between Southeast 33rd and 13th on Stark. KXL's Jim Ferretti joining us now with the very latest. Portland Fire telling us that one person was taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries. Another four to five are not hurt as badly, but several people also hurt not taken to the hospital portland police chief or excuse me portland police officer derek carmen says they're working a very large crime scene so this whole thing started over near laurahurst park um we had calls at 32nd belmont 37th in belmont and uh 33rd in pine and it's just erratic driving from that location 
to hear. The man driving the small SUV has been taken into custody after people living nearby held him until police arrived. His name has not been released. We're still working to learn more about what happened, and we'll bring you any updates just as soon as we can. Live in the 24-7 News Center, Jim Ferretti, FM News 101. Thank you, Jim. A 13-year-old boy was killed in a house fire near Yam Hill last night. Fire crews from several agencies were called to that home on northeast Stillers Mill Road. This was at about 11 o'clock. The Yamhill Fire Protection District says 13-year-old Jonathan Calhoun died in that fire. He was a 7th grader at Yamhill Carlton Intermediate School. A cause of the fire so far not found, according to the investigators. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler today talking with reporters about police response during riots last election day. KXL's Rosemary Reynolds listened in, files this report. The mayor is in favor of the job done by police. He's not happy, though, with people still acting out, damaging businesses. I want to call them out for who they are. They're largely young to middle-aged white men who are often co-opting other movements. You don't get a free pass when you ransack a business and then spray paint BLM on it. Arrests were made quickly and officers were able to identify individuals easily. Mayor Wheeler says, of course, the bad actors were apprehended fast. It was broad daylight. Rosemary Reynolds, FM News 101. And our time is 4.05 now. Well, during that same press conference today, Mayor Wheeler says that he had to file a police report this weekend for an incident, as it was called. The situation came to light when the Portland Mercury reporter of uh, Alex Zelinsky asked about that incident. I received a few tips that you may have pepper sprayed someone last night. Is there any validity to that allegation? Um, if there is, there will be a statement later. I can tell you there was an incident. I filed a police report, and that's all I can tell you right now. All right. The Oregonian is reporting the mayor was at Hillsdale McMenamin's pub last night uh, when a man started videotaping him and then followed him to his car, reportedly. The mayor says the man was, quote, right in his face without a mask and refused to back away. That is when the mayor decided to pepper spray him in the eyes. And uh, again, we'll get more details as they are released. Meanwhile, Portland police say that they have made an improvement to their service. We get more now from KXL's John Eric Smith. The time it takes officers to respond to a high-priority call decreased in December to the lowest wait time since June, just about 10 minutes. The police bureau says there are a lot of factors that drive response times, including the number of calls coming in and how many officers are on duty. According to data made available by police in the last two years, wait times held steady at about eight minutes and there was a drop in April and May to just under 7 before we saw a spike last August, 16 minutes during the summer. John Eric Smith, FM News 101. The Oregon Health Authority today reports 435 new cases of COVID-19. It is the lowest number of the new daily cases since October 28th of last year. Multnomah County is reporting 105 new cases. Washington County reporting 50. And Clackamas County reporting 46. The OHA also reports two more deaths, unfortunately, from the virus. An 81-year-old Lynn County man and a 90 year old Yamhill County woman. Both died. That was on January the 23rd. 320 Oregonians have been hospitalized today for the virus and 75 of those patients are said to be in intensive care.
High prices, more bureaucracy, and a bad image. KXL's Brett Recamp takes a look at why Portland is way less more popular these days when it comes to commercial developers. Downtown is just not happening anymore, according to a new report from the Urban Land Institute. Portland has gone from the third most attractive city in America for new commercial construction to 66th. KXL real estate expert Rick Sadel says navigating the red tape of the Bureau of Development Services is getting even worse. Currently, though, the Bureau is set to be downsizing a little even. Uh, with budget cuts, they're talking about laying off 60 out of their 358 employees. And I think the biggest concern around that is if they downsize without changing the bureaucratic process, it's going to even further slow down our development process, and which could obviously further impede the desires for come and develop here. Rick says the images of the summer protests and wildfires are taking a toll along with rising property taxes in Multnomah County. Brett Recamp, FM News 101. Welcome. Welcome back to Portland's Afternoon News here on FM News 101 KXL. I'm Tim Lance. Thanks for joining us on this Monday afternoon. Well, the Tampa Bay region is getting ready to host one of the biggest parties in the country. Super Bowl 55, of course, is what we're talking about. And Tampa Mayor Jane Castor says while it's exciting to have the Bucks making history in that town by hosting the game for the very first time in the history of the Super Bowl, it's all about having fun and being safe. We are, again, making sure that we show a great time to all the individuals that are coming to visit, but making sure that it is a safe event, that the safe and safety and well-being of our visitors is number one. Yeah, officials say that this is going to be an opportunity to tell the community's story and to share how far they have come on a national level. Castor also says that uh, the only people she wants to see leave Tampa unhappy will be the Kansas City Chiefs. Time for the five things that you need to know today. First, sad news about that fire in the Yamhill area that left a teenage boy dead. 13-year-old Jonathan Calhoun was a 7th grader at Yamhill Carlton Intermediate School. He died during that fire at that home on Northeast Stillers Mill Road. So far, investigators say they do not know exactly what caused the fire itself. The plan to release a redesigned $20 bill featuring escaped slave and abolitionist Harriet Tubman is back on the table. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. It's important that our money reflect the history and diversity of our country and Harriet Tubman's image. Gracing the new $20 note would certainly reflect that. So we're exploring ways to speed up that effort. Yeah, critics, though, are saying that this is simply a political move on the part of the Biden administration. The second Donald Trump impeachment trial is going to have a completely different look than the first, according to multiple reports. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts is not going to preside over the former president's trial next month for allegedly inciting insurrection in the form of a mob attack on the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont, who's the Senate president pro tem, simply because he's the longest serving senator, is going to handle the job, presumably because there is absolutely nothing in the Constitution regarding impeachment of a former president. A small number of the National Guard troops in Washington for security following the riot at the Capitol have now tested positive for COVID-19. William Walker is the commanding general of the D.C. National Guard. Once we send a soldier or airman to a treatment facility for a test, they come up positive, they are quarantined, and they remain here until they are cleared to go back to their state. 
And some major brands are sitting out Super Bowl 55. First it was Coke and Pepsi. Now a major beer company is doing the same. Here's CBS News business reporter Jason Brooks. The client's deals will be stabled during the Super Bowl as Budweiser skips on the most watched sporting event in America for the first time in 37 years. Budweiser says in a statement that it will instead use the money it would spend on airtime to raise awareness about the COVID-19 vaccine throughout 2021 in a partnership with the Ad Council. Coke and Hyundai are other notable brands passing on the Super Bowl. Although Anheuser-Busch isn't completely bowing out of the game, with a Bud Light ad still expected during the Super Bowl. And, of course, the 30-second commercials this year, they always cost a lot. But this year, $5.5 million for Super Bowl 55, which, by the way, is going to air on CBS on February the 7th. And those are the five things that you need to know today.